In the name of the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, blessed be His holy name. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Oh, marvelous are your works, O Lord, and that my soul knows very well. We're here to worship the Lord today. We're here to grow a little bit in our relationship with the King of Kings and with the Lord of Lords. The one who founded the heavens and the earth. The one who created the universe that you and I live in. The one who created the expanse of sky. The one who was there at the beginning, at the dawn of time, at the beginning of creation. And it's so good to come out. We're glad that you're here. We're excited about what God is doing. Turn to your neighbor say, neighbor, we're going to the next level. So change your face. All right, very good. Please open up your Bibles. That made everyone laugh. That's the whole point. Open up your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, once you get to 1 Corinthians, you can take a look at me and stare at my lovely sweater this morning. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. When you get there, just look up at me and again stare at my sweater because it's pretty amazing. Let me tell you a little bit story, a little story about this sweater. My, my, two year, my two and a half year old daughter, I put this sweater on last week and she said, Daddy, you have kites on your shirt. I was like, Lily, that is so precious. That's going on Facebook. I love the day and age that we live in. That was the best thing I heard. Daddy, you have kites on your shirt. I'm like, Lily, that is the best thing I've heard. And then this week, we were in the room and, and I turned the lights out. She's like, oh, you turned the lights off. I can't see my eyes. I'm like, Lily are you okay? <laughs> Where did you come up with that? So kids are great. They're a lot of fun, really having a good time being a dad. And uh, just by show of hands and by grunts as deep as you possibly can, how many courageous men do we have in the room? Amen. How many courageous men do we have in the room? Yeah! How many courageous men do we have in the room? Yeah! Ah! If you have not seen the movie Courageous, go out and see it. Ladies, it's what you should aspire to look for in a man to be a husband. And men, it's what we should aspire to be as men of God. Real courageous men, righteous and bold. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the righteous man is bold as a lion. The righteous man is bold as a lion. We need to be bold. We need to be righteous. We need to be courageous. We need to stand up for these young ladies that are our sisters in Christ and stand up for the young ladies that are our sisters in the flesh. We need to look out for them and take good care of them and cherish them and treat them like the daughters of the king that they are. Right, men? Yes. Good. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to challenge your thinking this morning as we talk about something that may be rubbing you wrong way, but that's okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. There are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. Everyone say spirit. spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. I want to read this together again in verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. I really started meditating on this scripture several weeks ago, and I really didn't know why. And God brought me to this scripture for one reason, and this past weekend it came up for an, a whole other reason. What you see as you look at the scriptures, you see, you see the, the, the Trinity in full display. What do you see? 
about the Trinity there. Can you tell me what, who, who's the Trinity represented in the Scripture? What are the three that you see? The first one you see begins with an S. It's the first word. What is it? Spirit. Okay, that would be representing the Holy Spirit because in your Bible that S should be capitalized. And that doesn't represent this spirit feeling. It represents the Holy Spirit. The next thing that you see there, what, what, what would that be? Begins with an L. What is it? Lord. That would represent Jesus, our Lord, the Son of the living God, the Son of Man. And then finally, who do you see there? The Father, who is? God. You see the Spirit, you see the Lord, and you see God. And I want, with that in mind, I want you to read this again with me. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works in all. You know, as you look out at our congregation, as you look out the youth in this room, as you look out at the, the diversity of our church, it's pretty apparent to people who walk in that we're a diverse community, that we're a diverse congregation here in this church. And it's one of the reasons that my family came to this church, because it's such a beautiful display of what it might be like someday when we get to heaven. You know, we have different nationalities, we have different ethnicities, we have different family backgrounds, and we all come to the same God right here at Faith Christian Center to worship. But I want to challenge your thinking this morning, because I think when we talk about ethnicity, I think when we talk about race, I think we're okay. I think in the 21st century, you've grown up in a time where you can say, you know what, I'm white, you're black, you're red, you're orange, you're yellow, and everyone's cool with that. And we can come together, and we can love God and do all that. But the truth is, the Bible says there are differences or diversities of gifts in the same spirit. There are differences of ministries in the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God who works in all. I want to challenge the way you think this morning about the people that you're sitting around. There are different gifts in this room right now. There are diversities of gifts. Each and every one of you. I may know Victoria, I may know Daniel, I may know Jordan, I may know, you know, I know every single one of you in this room. There's not one of you who I do not know. Some of you I know more than others. But how about you? When you look at, the, out at this population, when you look at back at our students and adult staff, what do you see? You see, the truth is sometimes we walk into the doors of the church and the first thing that we do is we start sizing people up, don't we? We start judging people. We start looking at people based on the way that they're dressed, based on how their hair is, based on what they may be wearing, based on how they may talk. And yet, there are diversities of gifts in this room right now. And what's so beautiful about God is that God, in, in, his, in his amazing character, has displayed to us. You see, wouldn't it be interesting if it was just God? But it's not just God. It's the Holy Spirit, and it's the Son. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If it was just God, then he would have never had to work with anyone else. But God knew he wanted to be a full demonstration to us of what it was like to work with one another. So he has the Son, and he has the Holy Spirit. See, God recognizes that there's different gifts. God recognizes that there's different ministries. He recognizes that there's different activities. In this room, there are different gifts. There are different ministries. Who am I? to say that my ministry and my gifting is greater than yours. Who am I when you stand up, when you step out, when you live your life? Who am I to say that my gift is better than yours? If we're going to grow in our relationship with the Lord, if we're going to get to the next level, we need to start honoring each other's gifts. We need to start honoring each other's ministries. We need to start honoring each other's activities. They're all gifts from God. The Bible says right here, it is the same God who works in all. And yet we walk through these doors sometimes, each and every one of us. And we begin to pass judgment on one another. And we begin to say, you know what, yo, 
come on, man. You know, I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm a staff member. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the youth minister of the church. I mean, just put yourself in my shoes for a second. Because pride works in everybody. Everyone either deals with one of two things, pride or insecurity, and they're both a thief and a robber. They will stop you from fulfilling your purpose in this life. So me, I could walk in here and be like, yo, I'm, I'm a youth minister. Pastor John could walk in and be like, I'm the senior pastor of this church. Oh, look at you. You're just a congregation member. Why do we walk in the door sometimes and begin to judge people? Like, I, I may look at you and say, you know, do you really have a gift, God? Could you really use this person? I mean, look at them, God. You ever done that? You ever looked at somebody and been like, God, are you really using that person? I mean, come on, God. Haven't you seen the way that they look? I mean, haven't you seen the way that they dress? There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. The same spirit. Who are we to think that the spirit who is in us is greater than the spirit who could work through a vessel that doesn't look as appealing as you may think? God has shown us from the dawn of creation how beautiful it is for things to work together. I want to take you back to the beginning in the book of Genesis. You know I love to go back to the beginning. Go back to Genesis chapter 1, please. Each one of the Trinity gives different gifts, but it is the same God who works in all. There is unity, even though there are differences and diversities. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they all celebrate. They celebrate their differences. You don't see the Father saying, okay, son, I'm so much better than you, so I'm going to make you give your life. <laughs> you don't see Jesus saying, okay, Holy Spirit, I did my work. Now you need to go down to the earth and do what you're supposed to do, all right? Why don't you get, get to work? You don't see that going on. No, in fact, in the book of Genesis, if you go back to the beginning, Genesis 1. I want you to read verse 2 with me. Genesis 1, 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit, you see that? That's a capital S. In your Bible, is that a capital S, folks? Capital S in your Bible? Who is that talking about then? Holy Spirit. Did you think that the Holy Spirit just showed up when Jesus went to heaven? No, 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 no. It's always been the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says right here in verse 2, And the Spirit of God was hovering on the face of the waters, and then God said. The Spirit of God was hovering on the face of the waters, and then God said. Who are the two that you see in action right here? God and the Holy Spirit. Now, who's missing? Jesus. Let me show you where Jesus is because I want you to understand this. The Bible tells us that Jesus was there in the beginning. Jesus is his earthly name, but he was always the Son of God. Do you understand that? You follow me? He's always the Son of God, so he was there in the beginning. Now, when God spoke, the Spirit of God was hovering around the earth, and he was the one that was about to make it happen. But God spoke, and I want to show you where Jesus is. Go to Proverbs 8. You see, we're beginning to understand the importance of unity in the body because God doesn't think you're so special that you don't need to be connected to somebody else. That's why one day you probably will be married because you know what? You just don't have it all together on your own. You really don't. <laughs> For those of you who want to be married, it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to wake up and realize, wow, I don't know anything. And God has given me this wonderful person to help me realize what a knucklehead I really am. So I want you to go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 8. I want to show you where Jesus is at the beginning of creation. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22. This is a prophetic word about Jesus, the Son of God. 
You need to read it with that in your mind. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22 says, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. Before his works of old, I have been established from everlasting. From the beginning, before there was ever an earth, when there were no depths brought forth, when there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned the sea its limits so that the waters would transgress, would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then, watch this now, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight. That is a prophetic word about the Son of God right there. It's talking about wisdom. If you read this scripture, it's all about the excellence of wisdom. Jesus is the wisdom. He is the crown. He is the Son of God. So you see, in the very beginning, this beautiful world and universe that God had made, he did not make on his own, but he worked with others. He worked with his Son. He worked with the Holy Spirit. And God gave the command. And Jesus, he was the one who was the master craftsman. And he and the Holy Spirit, as soon as God the Father said it, he and the Holy Spirit went to work to get the job done. In the church today, we are so far, so far apart from each other, even in terms of our denominations, even in the, forget about denominations, even in this church, right now, right now in this youth group, we'll go that small. There are 49 of you in this room today, and chances are, out of the 49 of you, you probably have some thought about another person in this room. You probably have some thought of inferiority towards another person in this room. Maybe they're not, you know, they're not as spiritual as I am. I, I'm, you know, I, you know, we can build up pride on anything. But the Bible tells us that God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. I want to challenge the way that you think. Because far be it for us as Christians to ever think that we get to the place where we are greater than another Christian. You see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit working together. Psalm 133 says, How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For it is like the oil on the head of Aaron flowing down the beard of Aaron. Now, for those of you who are Old Testament scholars, for those of you who love to study the Old Testament, what does oil represent? I'll give you some thought here. What, what does oil represent? There are two things that oil was used for. Okay, let me bring you back to the book of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Who was Aaron, by the way? <laughs> A-A-R-O-N. Who's Aaron? Okay, we're getting close. He was, a, he was a priest, right? But who was he a priest for in the time of who? Moses. What was the relationship between Moses and Aaron? Brothers, right? So we understand. Aaron was a Levite. He was of the Levite tribe. He was the high priest. Do you know in order to be the high priest, he had to put on certain garments? He had to be anointed with oil. He had to be anointed. So when the Bible says in Psalm 133 that how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, for it is like the oil flowing on the head of Aaron down through the beard of Aaron. Do you know what that's saying? The Bible is telling us in Psalm 133, just as the high priest Aaron was anointed to do the work of the Lord, when we as brethren come together, there is an anointing that flows through the Holy Spirit. Because as you'll learn right now, the oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit. We don't have what ha we don't have to do what the Old Testament folks have to do. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. 
You have the Holy Spirit not just resting on you like they did in the Old Testament. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when we come together, there is an anointing that flows. Pastor John came down here several months ago and he started talking about revival. He started talking about revival happens with the youth. Awakening happens with the youth. All this stuff happens with the youth. But I'm going to tell you something. If we're not flowing together, if we're not hand in hand, if we're judging one another, if we think we're better than one another, then we will never see the revival that God has for us. We will never experience the anointing that God has for us. The truth is, friends, we need each other. Black and white, Hispanic and, 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 uh, and, and Chinese and Japanese. Put race aside. We need each other. You know what? I want to tell you something. I, I am white on the outside, but all my friends know where I'm black on the inside, right? You might, where there are my friends. You know that. You know that, right? If, if Senya was here, she would be agreeing. She knows that. They know that about me. But on the, on the outside, I'm white. All right? I will never know what it's like. You see, because I, I'm white. And in our nation, for many years, there was a sense of superiority with the white folks. They believed that anyone who wasn't white was an inferior race. Who does that sound like, by the way? Somebody who tried to destroy the world? Very good. You, you see, he didn't understand what the Bible said because the Bible teaches how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Hitler wanted to create a very special race, a race of its own, a race where everyone would be one. But do you know when you make that happen, you lose all the differences, you lose all the diversities, and you have this boring race. So I'm white. I will never know what it's like to be judged by my color I will never know what it's like to be judged by my last name. I will never know what it's like to be judged by the way I talk. Do you know that I can never really experience compassion and empathy for my fellow brothers and sisters if I don't know them, if I don't know people who are a different shade, a different color than me, and I don't know what they've experienced, I will never, I will never be as full and complete as God wants me to be. Because how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. You see, even my wife, you look at her, and, and she's whiter than I am. But the truth is, my wife is 100% Puerto Rican. She has a different experience than I do. She knows what it's like to be judged by her last name. See, she and her family, they know what that's like. I don't know what that's like. She's given me an insight into, my, into life that I've never experienced. You see, I'm tall. Some of you are short. I need you short people because I don't know what it's like to be short. I see the world up here, and you see the world down here, and we see different things. I see Mr. Ken, and you see the, you know, the sound booth. We, we need each other. I don't have the perspective that you have. You see, I'm a guy. I'm a man. I will never know what it's like to brush my hair a hundred times, to put on a pound of makeup, to take three hours to get ready before I leave. I will never know what that's like because I can shower in five minutes and be dressed in ten minutes. I can brush my teeth and do my hair in five and a half minutes. But see, God gave me a wife so that I would know I need to brush my hair this many times. I need to put on the makeup before I go out of the house. I need to take three and a half hours to get ready. And I need to find the right outfit to wear. You see, I will never know what that's like. And I will be missing something. You know what I'll be missing? Patience. Because I will never know how to, you know, give time with people. You see, I need other people. We need other people. Why is it that we really think that we have more than somebody else. One day, 
I believe this with all my heart. The scripture teaches us that God uses the foolish things to confound or to make the wise people think again. He uses the foolish things that confound the wise. And one day, I really believe when we get to heaven, you're going to see a lot of those quiet people that maybe you made fun of. You're going to see a lot of those people that, you know, you thought weren't really as good as you. They weren't as talented as you. You know, they were, they were messy and scruffy. Like, just think about the people. I go back through high school, and I think about the kids that I never stood up for. I mean, one of the biggest things that bothers me is bullying. I mean, it just, it, it breaks my heart, because I, I was bullied as a kid, you know? I was beat up. I never won a fight. I was beat up more than, than anything. And it bothers me even to this day when I see somebody being picked on. It just, it, I mean, it, it makes me want to weep. My, my heart breaks in a way that I can't even explain to you. Why is it that even as Christians sometimes, we look on, on other people with inferiority, and we think that we're better than somebody? Who are we to ever think that? Jesus Christ the son of the living God could have spoke one word and destroyed each and every one of us and destroyed the whole planet, and yet he didn't. He came down out of his throne in glory to give his life as a ransom for those people who even made fun of him. We're about to see Building 429 in a couple weeks. Do you know what Building 429 stands for? Do you know where they got their name? From the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 29. For those of you whose parents have so corrected them on your mouth, do you know what that scripture says? Let's go there together. Ephesians 4, 29. Ephesians chapter 4, verse When you get there, say, I got it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt, one translation says unwholesome word, proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for necessary edification, or that means the building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Let no corrupt word grace your lips, but only that which is going to build people up. Let's just walk through our past week together. Let's just think about the things that we've said over the past week, about the people that we see, about our friends, about the people we wouldn't want to be friends with, about some of us in this room, what are some of the things that we have said, maybe even last night, that was not building up or edifying? Are oh, you really feeling convicted now, right? This word is a word of conviction, not a word of condemnation, but a word of conviction. Because if we're really going to come together and be the Bible group that God wants us to be, the, the revelation group, to be the group that has revival and awakening, then we need to put all these things aside. And learn to come and worship the Lord together as brothers and sisters. I want to challenge you. I was about 20, maybe 19 or 20 years old. And I worked at a Christian bookstore, a Morningstar Christian bookstore. And there was this woman. Man, she just got under my skin. And I'm a Christian, mind you. I'm a very young Christian. And she got under my skin. I mean, it was like, I, man, I, I don't even know. But like nobody else could. 
and I ran my mouth about this woman. I mean, she was older than me. I'm a Christian, but I ran my mouth about this woman. I was like, yo, man, I was telling everybody about her, everyone that I worked with, the people who came in. I was making fun of her, you know, and finally my boss, he pulled me into the closet, the storage room one day, and I'm, and, and I'm, I'm like, okay, what's going on? And he has a post-it note, and on the post-it note are like 12 scriptures, and the first scripture that he had was Ephesians 4.29. I said, Kurt, you need to be a man and you need to knock it off. You need to grow up and you need to stop talking about this woman because she is your sister in Christ and God is doing something through her even if you don't recognize it. And that moment changed my life because I began to see people the way that God sees people. You see, you and I, we look at a person and we say, God wouldn't use that person. Now, that person's an idiot. They can't even speak. They don't even know God well enough. I know God well enough to be able to tell people. But he said, you need to get your act together. You need to stop talking about this woman. I've never forgotten that moment. He changed my life because he taught me to see people the way that God sees people. And now I can say, you know what? You, you have a different ministry than I have. You have a different gift than I have, but that doesn't separate us. Just like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that should bring us together for the accomplishing of the mission that God has. Not Kurt's mission, not your mission, but the mission of God. We need to come together. Here's my final thought for you this morning. I'm a non-denominational Christian. I am a non-denominational Christian. I have been my whole life. I have friends who are Baptist. I have friends who are Catholic. I have friends who are Methodist. I have friends who are, I'm trying to think of what else I have. I'm not, I'm not talking about other religions. I'm talking about other denominations. Before we can ever think about, you know, how we can relate to the Methodist and how we can relate to the Catholic and how we can relate to the Baptist, we need to get straight here and learn to treat each other right. But the truth is, from my Catholic friends, when I stopped judging them and stopped talking about them, I learned the beauty of reverencing God. Because our Catholic friends, when they go to church, they don't make a sound. They walk in with such a fear of the Lord. Anyone ever been to a Catholic Mass? I mean, they are, it is just, you know, there's a liturgy, there's a whole structure to their worship, and I've learned that I need to reverence the Lord. Like, maybe they don't have all these other things that I have. Maybe they don't have the revelation knowledge that I have. Maybe they're not, you know, doing this, but they have a reverence. I've learned from my Catholic friends the reverence. From my Baptist friends, I have learned that I need to have, a, a, let me see, what have I learned from my Baptist friends? I wrote this down. I wanted to give you the real, the real thing that I've learned. Let me not just make it up here. You, you, anyone in this room know some Baptists? Man, they know the word like nobody's business. You know, I have learned from my Baptist friends the importance of the word. I have learned the importance of living a set-apart life from my Baptist friends. You see, we really have to come together. The time is coming when these denominational barriers are going to fall off and we're going to come together and worship the Lord. The time is coming when our judgments of one another are going to separate us from the purpose of God if we don't recognize and celebrate our differences and celebrate our diversities. We need each other, every single one of us. Close your Bible and stand to your feet, please. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you. We're all going to have sweaty palms. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Why, why is it the two of you always are the, the, biggest, the biggest problem? It's so funny. Just, just look at each other. 
This is your generation. These will be your leaders, fellow workers, fellow servants in the faith. Right here. It's not going to be me. It's going to be these right here. I'm already beyond you. Our staff members will already be on you doing something different with our generation. This is it right here. I don't care if you don't like the way the person looks next to you. I don't care if you want to size them up and think that God couldn't use them because he is. We need each other. Now grab those hands and bring them up to the sky. Hold them high. Make this declaration with me this morning. Say, Father in heaven, I recognize that it's good and pleasant to dwell together in unity. Thank you for my brothers and my sisters. Thank you for the body of Christ. I know there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. I know there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. I know there are diversities of activities, but the same God, who is you at work in all. We need each other in this life. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this generation. Father, I pray that just as you gave Michael, my friend and my boss, to teach me to stop speaking about people, to teach me about stop tearing people down, I pray that you would so heavily impart this word to each and every one of us that we would start, stop cutting each other down with our words and start building each other up. That we would stop judging each other with our hearts and our eyes, but we would start loving each other as Christ loved the church, loving our neighbor as ourselves. We thank you for this, Lord. In Jesus' name. You can put your hands down. Just begin to wait on God right now. Just begin to spend some time just worshiping Him just where you are. Thank you, Lord. Father, we worship you. It's so wonderful, Lord. You're so amazing. Lord, where would we be without you? Where would we be without you? We need you, God. We need you.